Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are going through the New Testament in a year. And we are in the book of 1 John, which means we're almost done with the New Testament. So, are we going to do it next year, do the New Testament again? No, we're not. What we're going to do next year, though, if you want to join us, should be a lot of fun. We're going to do the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible. And what we're going to do is essentially go through the Bible from... 30,000, 40,000 feet above, we're going to do a flyby on every book of the Bible. And we're going to give an overview on every book of the Bible so that you know what every book means, know the context, we'll hit the main passages, we'll hit the main themes, we'll hit the main players. It'll be an awful lot of fun. And we're going to do it in 10 minutes a day because 10 minutes a day seems to work, 10 minutes and under. I think we went to 11 minutes maybe a half a dozen times. I don't think we did it a dozen times, so we will try to keep it under 10 minutes. First John. So uh, this book, First John, is written by John, uh, the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote another letter that will follow after this. We'll do it in a few days, which is called Second John. And then he does another one after that one that's called Third John. And then he does another one that's called the Book of Revelation. And so, he covers a lot of territory. He writes a lot. And uh, he is known as the Apostle of Love by the time he writes these letters. They say that he writes these letters when he's older. And some of the people said, you know, maybe John's going senile or something because he just seems to have the same theme everywhere he goes. He comes and he can't remember that he already preached this message. Well, what message? Love one another. For God is love. And if we're going to love God and we're going to love like he does and live like he, he wants us to live, then we're going to love people. And these books really are about the love of God and they're about loving people. So... This is John, you know, older in his life. What's he talking about? What's his message? Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. Love God and love people. So, let's take a look at what John says. He opens this particular letter, this particular piece of correspondence, very much like he opens his gospel. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Sounds very similar to when he writes his, his gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, he's talking about that which was in the beginning, uh, the beginning of the gospel, the beginning of the life of Jesus Christ, uh, the beginning of... Uh, the creation, John starts with, that which is from the beginning, Jesus, which we've heard about. We've heard about it. You've heard about it. I've heard about it because we're talking about it right now. But John then says, which we've seen with our eyes. This He is an eyewitness of the life and the ministry and the person of Jesus. An eyewitness which we have looked at, our hands have touched him. How cool is that, that his hands have touched him? And this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Calls him the word of life. There's some ministries called the word of life. It's just a great phrase. And Jesus is the word of life. And, you know, John will make the point that 
he saw Jesus, he walked with Jesus, he heard him, he touched him, he was close enough to feel his breath, is what it tells us at the end of the Gospel of John. And he saw and he believed, and he's going to say that we're blessed because, you know, we haven't seen and yet we believe. So he says that life appeared. Yes, we call that the incarnation, that that which is from the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the incarnation. So John's message is uh, pretty consistent in that he talks about it in the gospels and now he talks about it here. He said, that life appeared, we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. The Father has the ability to give eternal life, and he gives that to Jesus through our faith in Jesus, through us believing what he's done for us on the cross and the resurrection the ascension. God can give eternal life, and he can give it to who he wants to give eternal life to, and he will give eternal life to those who call out to him and those who ask. And John said, we proclaim this to you, this eternal life, this life that was from the beginning. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard. He saw it. He heard it. He was there. So that we may also, that you may also have fellowship with us. So we're fellowshipping with John, even right now, even though what we have is his words. Uh, these are the words that the Holy Spirit gave to him. And we're fellowshipping with John now, even though John is long gone and John is in heaven and John is experiencing eternal life. We're fellowshipping with him. We're fellowshipping together. We're fellowshipping through the medium of video and audio in digital forms. And so fellowshipping together. Well, what is our fellowship? Our fellowship is with the Father God the Father, and with his Son. And we have fellowship with the Father because of what Jesus has done for us. We access the Father through Jesus Christ and his work. Now, he's going to tell you right here in verse 4 the reason he wrote this book. Sometimes you read a book of the Bible and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the message here, what are they saying, and who's it written to? Well, this is real clear. We write this to make our joy complete. Or... Some of the other translations say your joy, my joy, your joy. You know, your joy, our joy. I think that it's important when you preach, when you teach uh, the word of God to always be sort of inclusive with our. It's, you know, making our joy complete. Rather than like speaking at people all the time. You, you people, you need to, you, you folks, well... I think it's we folks, us together. I think, I think it makes a big difference. But just kind of a preaching nuance that bothers me. Well, this is the message that we've heard from him and declared to you. He gave them a message, and now he's giving us a message. That's what ministry is. God gives us something, and we give it out. So God gave John something, and he gave it to us, and now I have it. And I'm giving it to you, and we're sharing together, and we're having fellowship together. And here's the message we heard from him, and we declare this to you. Here it is. God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, which we're claiming right now, 
and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. Well, you know, who would say something like that, that I have fellowship with Jesus? A religious people, you know, people that have grown up in church, you know, multi-generational people, people who maybe their family bought the pew in the church, or maybe they even built a church, or they've been there forever, or their uncle was a minister, or, you know, this is what we've always done. And, you know, I was <clears throat> baptized as an infant in that church, and, uh, you know, I've always given, and I always give to the Easter offering, and I always give to the Christmas offering, and so, you know, making this claim, but uh, he's saying, nah, you know, not so, not, not so quick. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from all sin. Well, that's the big important part, you know, is the purification of our sins because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, some people will do this. If we claim to be without sin, uh, not me, not me, I don't claim to be without sin, but there are people who do. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. We say the nature of deception is that you don't know you're being deceived. And the worst kind of deception is self-deception when you're deceiving yourself and lying to yourself. So if we confess our sins, let's just do it. God, we confess our sins right now to you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Well, <clears throat> that's nice. Uh, and so if you sin, confess it to God. Because when you're carrying sin, it affects your fellowship with God. Now, it might not affect your relationship with God. He died for you, and you're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. But uh, it could affect your fellowship. You know how that is when you do something in the office, you know, and you do something at work, you do something at school, and, you know, you know you did it, but they don't know. And then when you're around them, you just feel, like, weird. Um, well, it's affecting the fellowship. Our actions that we know about are affecting our fellowship. Our conscience isn't clear. Let's just clear our conscience before God. God, we confess our sins, whatever these sins are, Lord, for all of us, because they're many, and they happen throughout the day. And so we confess to you, and we ask that you would cleanse us and wash us from all unrighteousness, that we might have restored fellowship with you and just enjoy our fellowship with you. So um, it says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word isn't in us. Well, we just prayed and we confessed. So let's work through uh, John's letters. They're going to be a blast. Hey, love you guys.